Today is July 19th, 2021. In our first story, France has proposed prison sentences for those who are unable to prove their vaccination status and one year in prison for any venue or public accommodation that doesn't check. This has led to hundreds of thousands of people protesting and even a vaccination center being burned down. In our next segment, Kamala Harris was brought to the hospital raising questions about whether or not she contracted COVID after meeting with several Democrats from Texas who tested positive for COVID. And in our last story, the media is scared. Ben Shapiro and the Daily Wire face a smear piece after the leftists in media start to realize they're doing really, really well and conservative and independent media may actually be winning. Before we get started, leave us a good review and give us five stars. And if you really like this show, please share it with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. Massive protests and rioting erupted across France over their plan for mandatory vaccinations. Now, they're not engaging in a hard demand that you go get vaccinated or else you go to prison. They're using a pressure tactic. That is to say, the government of France has said, if you want to go to a venue, a bar, a shopping center, basically, if you want to go to a public establishment, which means essentially everything, you must be vaccinated. Now, here's where it gets dark. They said that if you cannot produce your health pass, you face up to six months in prison and or a 10,000 euro fine. As for the owners of establishments that do not check people's health, one year in prison. Now, this is dark and draconian. Critics have said this will unfairly punish those who cannot get the vaccine, because believe it or not, this is true. You may go to your doctor and ask them, and they may say it's not right for you. Some people have underlying health conditions. Some women, if they're pregnant, the doctor may say no. And some people who have already had COVID recently are actually being told by some doctors. Now, as with all the videos I do on vaccines and, and things like that, I will present to you the opinions of those protesting and the advocates for vaccine passports. But always go and talk to your doctor about what's right for you. If you have any concerns about your doctor, just get a second opinion. I say this for two reasons. I genuinely believe you should not. I don't want to get sued. Don't take advice from me. And uh, YouTube would ban me if I don't. So, hey, thanks, YouTube censors. But no, I, I genuinely believe you, you should be very careful about what you hear in the news. There's a lot of stories that will try to shock you and scare you to get clicks. So get some opinions from a medical professional, someone you know and trust and has your medical history. Now, as for France, we have actually seen some vandalism of vaccine centers, over 100,000 people marching in the streets, the police coming out with tear gas. It's getting spicy in France. These people don't, don't just sit back and say the government can do whatever they want. These are people who are descended from those who, uh, you know, the French Revolution, particularly gruesome. Now, in this vandalism, one of these vaccine centers was set on fire, actually damaged, and I believe they shut it down. Now, these aren't big buildings. These are like the tents where they set things up and they say, you know, come on in. So people are actually attacking these things. I'm not a fan of the violence. I'm not a fan. I think you got 100,000 people marching through the streets. Nonviolent civil disobedience is the way to go. But hey, look, this is France. They're all about this. They, they do it all the time. And far be it from me to say what the French people should or shouldn't be doing in their country because I don't live there. But I will just say, I, I think if enough people rise up, they can actually put pressure on the system and they don't need to engage in overt acts of violence. You usually don't. And it's usually bad because it's, it's, it, we're not in that era anymore. And I will say this, 
We're hearing all this craziness about people saying no to mandatory vaccination. Emmanuel Macron has backed down a little bit. Apparently, he's going to be removing some of the restrictions on shopping centers so that people can still, you know, go to stores. Think about this. Something I've mentioned quite a bit. There are people who are pro-vaccination and love the mRNA vaccines, but can't get it for medical reasons. These people should not be punished. And honestly, it should be up to individuals to decide what's right for them based on what they talk about with their doctors, not the government. Oh, I can already hear the left screaming, but pro-choice, pro-choice. Hey, I'm not a conservative. Leave that argument for somebody else. Now, in Ireland, something interesting happened. An ice hockey player has resigned, saying that the mandatory vaccinations are wrong. Cruise ships, uh, I think it's Norwegian, but there's cruise ships in the U.S. trying to bypass the, the laws that were put in place by Republicans, notably Ron DeSantis, said you cannot require mandatory vaccination. And you are seeing now a push from the left. They are trying to get mandatory vaccines in the United States. It's because I've, I've long said this, the urban Democrat wants to impose national policy based on local issues. This is this, this to me is, is wrong. OK, what, what what law is right for New York may not be right for rural Wyoming. But therein lies the big problem. I'm not entirely convinced the U.S. will get fully on board with mandatory vaccination, I, I, to be completely honest. But we are seeing a lot of businesses try and push these these, these policies. So we'll see how it plays out here. In, in the meantime, Let's take a look at what's happening in France with 100,000 people saying no to these prison sentences. Now, that's scary stuff. And there is a possibility it does come here. So we'll go over that as well. Before we get started, my friends, make sure you head over to TimCast.com to become a member. As a member, you will get access to exclusive members-only segments to the TimCast IRL podcast. These are all the conversations YouTube does not allow us to have, and we would be censored on YouTube. But we also have a news division now, a newsroom that is slowly growing. There's still some bugs. We're in beta. We just launched. But with your support as a member, you're helping us do real news and real journalism and uh, helping us expand. We're going to keep doing more and more shows on the way. But again, TimCast.com, become a member. Let's take a look at this first story from The Guardian. France achieves record COVID jabs with Macron's big stick approach. 800,000 vaccinations in a single day follows announcement that visits to many public venues will require a health pass. Of course, the Guardian burying the lead. They do call it the big stick approach. But let's be real on what that means. It means prison time. The Guardian reports within 72 hours of the French learning, they would soon need to be vaccinated or tested to go to the cafe. More than three million had booked appointments and France had broken its vaccination record, administering 800,000 shots in a single day. At the same time, daily infections driven by the more contagious Delta variant continued to climb, reaching nearly 9,000 on Wednesday. And on Bastille Day, about 20,000 demonstrators nationwide protested against what some called a dictatorship. The Guardian says, polls show more than 65% public support for the range of measures unveiled by Emmanuel Macron on Monday aimed, in the president's words, not at making vaccination immediately obligatory for everyone, but at pushing a maximum of you to go and get vaccinated. Now, I want to point out part of this, this, this bill was that you could get a negative test. But that's why I said it's not a hard mandate. It's pressure. What they're doing is they're saying, you want to go to the bar, get a test. What are people going to do? Go get COVID tests every other day. Most people probably say it's easier just to get vaccinated. So in this, in that view, Emmanuel Macron's policy worked like a charm. The threat 
was enough. Many people said, okay, fine, we'll go out and get that vaccine. The problem, however, is like I said, some people would want to get the vaccine, but the doctors don't let them. And the other issue is, look, people have a choice over what's right for them medically. The government shouldn't be imposing medications or anything like that on people. It's between them and their doctor. Again, the leftists, you know, can go scream pro-choice, pro-life somewhere else. I'm not a conservative. They go on to say, critics, however, accuse the government of discriminating against vaccine skeptics and those who will not be fully inoculated before the rule comes into effect, while others say the government is effectively imposing general vaccination by stealth, trampling on individual rights and freedoms. Macron announced that from, ju- 20, from, the July, from July 21st, anyone visiting a theater, cinema, sports venue, or festival with an audience of more than 50 people would need a health pass proving they were either fully vaccinated or had tested negative or were immune. The same requirement will be extended to bars, cafes, restaurants, shopping centers, though not supermarkets, hospitals, long distance trains, coach, uh, coaches and planes from August 1st, he said, including for children aged between 12 and 17 from September 1st. People unable to present a valid health pass risk up to six months in prison and a fine of up to 10,000 euro. According to the draft next uh, text of the law, while owners of establishments welcoming the public who fail to check patrons passes could go to jail for a year and be hit with a 45,000 euro fine a year in jail if you are not checking for vaccine passports. Meanwhile, non-essential free coronavirus testing will also end in September to further encourage vaccination. And healthcare professionals and retirement home workers who have not been vaccinated by 15 September will be suspended for a month to allow them to do so. Thereafter, they risk dismissal. According to one report now, I've, I, I could actually, I'll, I'll put up in a second. All medical workers are required to get the vaccine. Now, vaccine passports are not new. And many on the left are saying, look, they're not new. Countries have done this all the time. Calm down. You're freaking out. Hold on. When I went to Venezuela, you needed to get the yellow fever vaccine. It's because they don't want to let you into their country where you're going to get yellow fever and get very sick. And then they have to deal with that responsibility. I can respect that. There's a lot of things about Venezuela I don't respect, but they're like, yo, we don't have to let you in. You want to come in? We want to make sure you got a vaccine for yellow fever. When I went to Venezuela, I got uh, I got like four or five. <laughs> I don't know how many shots I got. The yellow fever one was the worst because it goes in your skin and you have to get it. You, you, you get it. The first shot is good for six months. Then you get the booster and it's good for like 10 years. So I had to get those shots before I went to Venezuela and I had to have a card proving that I did. There's a difference between a sovereign nation saying we will not allow you in our, in our borders unless you have the vaccine and a, a, a store. Okay, people need to go out and live their lives. But of course, Macron said, not supermarkets. Yeah, that's a step too far because people got to eat food. But you see how that pressure works. They openly state their goal is to just pressure people to go and get the vaccine. I'm not a fan of this. I am not a fan of of 7-Eleven having vaccine stations out front or bars doing it because you need to have, I've said this a million times, when you go to the doctor, they make you fill out the questionnaire. I've seen some of these videos. I'm sure some of these pop-up vaccination places have you fill everything out and then probably will turn you away. But I've seen many videos where people don't do that. They walk up and they're like, have a seat. Here's the vaccine. It's like, dude, please. It's another morning and you're all set for work. You grab your coffee, head out the door, and your car decides today's the day it won't start. Panic sets in. You're not just late. You're stranded. Get ahead of unexpected car repairs before they strike with CarShield. 
the most trusted vehicle protection company. For almost 20 years, CarShield has saved millions of drivers from repair nightmares with low monthly plans that cover up to 5,000 major parts and systems, like pricey transmission and engine repairs, and check engine light mysteries. Visit CarShield today at carshield.com carlson. Plans include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, help with flats, lockouts, and rental car options. Save 20% and get a a free quote by visiting CarShield online at carshield.com slash Carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to carshield.com slash Carlson and save 20% today. There, when, when we hear stories about adverse events, I would, I would at least assume some of these stories are due to the fact that people are going to bars of all places or these centers, and they need sound medical advice from their medical practitioner. I don't care if you're Fauci or Joe Rogan, as I've brought up a million times. Anyway, I digress. I also am much more libertarian. I don't think the government should be mandating these things. I think it should be up to a, an individual and their healthcare practitioner, which is so funny because conservatives are now coming out saying my body, my choice, and the left is mocking them. I'm like, they're not wrong. My body, my choice. You know, People make a lot of healthcare decisions for themselves based on what they think is right for them. I'm not going to get in the way of that because I don't know your medical history. Here's what The Guardian says. This is amazing. The big stick approach to vaccination, which goes further than the adopted by most governments, has had an immediate impact on the take-up. While 66% of French adults have received at least one dose and 53% are fully vaccinated, the number of first doses being administrated, administered had, in, in common with many Western countries, started slowing as the campaign came up against more vaccine-hesitant or hard-to-reach groups. However, in the hours after Macron's announcement, more than 20,000 slots a minute were being booked via Doctolib, France's main medical appointments website. And Stanislas Nouachateau, the site's chief executive, said vaccinations were set to accelerate rapidly to about 4.5 million shots a week. I will say this. I believe it's entirely possible that they never really intended to imprison people who aren't getting the shot. They just want to scare people and pressure them into doing so, as they've stated. But again, I wouldn't put it past them. I think the prison sentence in this law is, I mean, they've, they've, say, they've said it. I'm not going to sit back and assume that they're just trying to big stick approach. I'm going to, to assume they mean what they say and that they will imprison you if you do not have your health pass. They say with models predicting 35,000 new cases a day if no action is taken, the government has stressed that, that the coercive measures, which it has called maximum inducement, are essential if France is to avoid a deadly fourth wave and more lockdowns. The choice is between another lockdown or the health pass. This is not punishment nor blackmail, said the health minister, Olivier Veron. According to an Elab poll, 76% of the French people back mandatory vaccination for health workers and travelers while 58% support it for cafes, restaurants, and other public places. Some cinema and restaurant owners, while supporting the general idea, have said they are worried the rules will prompt customers to stay away and are also concerned by the practicalities of checking health passes and of the limited time to prepare. I'm afraid it's going to get complicated, said Jean Hubert of the Hotel and Catering Industries Association. Our role is to welcome people, to give pleasure. This will turn us into <laughs> gendarmes. I'm pronouncing that wrong, I know. But um, I, I believe it's a reference to police, like state police. I, I don't know. Jeanne de Mer, I, don't, I can't pronounce it. I don't speak French. All right. We got this story from the BBC. COVID vaccination centers vandalized in France. It's not just about 
the government coming in and saying prison sentences, six months for you, a year for the for the patron. It's about the response that people had. Now, this one's fairly simple. I mean, people are vandalizing these centers. I'm not a fan. I am not a fan. I think we're in fourth and fifth generational warfare. I think this is the kind of thing that is used as propaganda and it's ineffective. If you don't want to go to these centers, you don't have to. If someone else does, they can. Destroying them doesn't change anything. In fact, it weakens your position. Already now across social media, people are saying, if you disagree with this, why would you take away the ability from someone else? You know what? I agree. If somebody wants to go and their doctor says is what's best for you, I think it's absurd that a minority of people would use violence to take away what somebody else wants to do. That's, a, that, that, that's, that's not okay. I think nonviolent civil disobedience is good. Maybe temporary road closures and things like that. I, I, you know, these, you, you, you come in, you make the arrests, they say you broke the law, but we get it. You're engaging in nonviolent, nonviolent civil disobedience. People need to be able, there, there needs to be room for some kind of pressure. You know, otherwise the system just becomes too rigid. The BBC reports one site in Southeast France was vandalized and flooded using fire hoses on Friday night. A day later, another clinic in, so, in the Southwest was partially destroyed by an arson attack. The incidents came on a weekend of demonstrations. More than 100,000 came out to protest on Saturday. Critics have accused President Emmanuel Macron's government of violating freedoms by introducing new rules. The most controversial of the rules include mandatory vaccinations for health workers and health passes to access most public places. Anti-vaccine graffiti was found near a vandalized vaccination center in Lannes-en-Vercourt near the southeastern city of Grenoble. Saturday's arson attack targeted a clinic in the village of I can't, I can't, Urugni near Biarritz in the southwest. Forgive me for not being able to speak French. Meanwhile, at a rally on Saturday, French politician Martin Warner told protesters to lay siege to the offices of lawmakers who backed the government's COVID policies. Not a fan. Now is the time to realize the establishment is looking for any excuse. In fact, take a look at what, you know, I talked, I talked with this, uh, with Jack Posobiec over at Timcast IRL on the podcast show. Jack said, the U- and, and this is more U.S. government, but just it's, it, consider this. They have their solution. They need their problem. What that means is they want to come out and arrest people and lock people down, and they need an excuse to do it. Do not engage in violence, please. This is not the 1800s anymore, the 1700s. What we need is to be resourceful, peaceful, and persuasive so we can share with people information like this explain to people what the problems are, give them reasonable arguments. And I know it is difficult. And I know it is an uphill battle. That's the reality. If, if there was an easier way to do it, that would be the way to do it. But this stuff, vandalizing vaccination centers, is just morally wrong. You, you know, I, I've long thought about the idea of tactics. And let me just explain to you guys. The ends don't justify the means. That's what the left, the leftists are doing. That's what the violent people in the streets, you know, like Antifa are doing. I don't care if these people are saying no to government you know, authoritarianism, whether you agree or disagree. If you allow a government to be built upon the idea that people can destroy what they want without regard to other people's desires or resources, your government will be the same as the authoritarians that we have fought so, so hard in the past. We are trying to elevate ourselves, escalate. We're trying to go above the old and do something better, win with passion and persuasion. It's difficult, I know. And a lot of people think this is a short, this is a solution, but it is not. 
Already now these stories are circulating and that's what's being used. I can't even show you the next story. The AP shows an image of this and they're like, you know, marginalized groups. We'll just call it that. Survivors of World War II, there you go, are outraged at the rhetoric from these people. It is all going to be used to convince regular people to ignore you and not to listen to real arguments. This is the, this is the propaganda battle. They want to say a high profile, a high profile skeptic of, of COVID vaccines. Martine Warner faces a potential legal inquiry for this. She was forced to quit her opposition group in parliament on Sunday, but said her words have been misconstrued. France has seen several acts of violence and vandalism against lawmakers who supported the new vaccination rules. You know, I can't speak for France, but I can't say in the US, we've had Democrats who've done way worse. And they don't resign. Got to understand the establishment is in control. There are people of principle who are pushing back. Take a look at this story. It's amazing. Irish ice hockey star resigns in protest over vaccine passports. Total government control from Newsweek. They say the Irish government passed a bill in the last two days that will require proof of vaccination if customers want to dine in restaurants, pubs, and cafes indoors. A vaccine passport, either paper documentation or an EU digital COVID-19 certificate, will very soon be required for people to enter all indoor establishments in Ireland, according to BBC. On Friday morning, McAvoy sent an email to his teammates and coaches of the Irish national ice hockey team to resign. The email, which was read in full on the Richie Allen show and posted on his website, said, Ireland is now officially a medical apartheid fascist state in line with the wider global control grid. The group of people acting as the Irish government has been allowed by our citizens, Gardai, and the Irish Defense Forces to erode our rights given to us under the Irish Constitution, the UN Declaration of Human Rights, and have broken the Nuremberg Code. McAvoy added, I can no longer represent a country that has approved of the discrimination and segregation between vaccinated people and unvaccinated people. The hockey star explained that over the course of the pandemic, he and his family became second class citizens in Ireland. We can no longer do the same thing that first class citizens can do. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy, McAvoy said. These laws are unjust and thus giving me the right not to follow them. He added that because the police support the government in this decision, he can no longer trust those sworn by oath to protect us. He said he would not accept the use of vaccine passports or any other kind of identification as it allows for total government control over the citizens of Ireland and akins us to cattle. McAvoy, who has played for the Irish national ice hockey team for 13 years, said he hopes in the future he can rejoin his team and lifelong friends, which has also given me so much joy and happiness throughout the years. Commenters on Richie Allen's story shared their support for the, for the hockey player. One wrote, Niall, you have single-handedly restored my faith. I am so very, very proud of your courage and stance on this very huge issue. Another commenter also said, well done, young man. You are a hero of this, <laughs> of this scamdemic. Yeah, YouTube might not be happy with this, that one. But again, this is a comment from Newsweek, and I am just reading it to you. Newsweek reached out to the International Ice Hockey Federation for comment, but did not hear back in time for publication. This is a, this is a man of principle. I think he has every right to stand up for what he believes in. And some reporting now suggests that Emmanuel Macron may be forced to back down because of the escalation of these protests. This story from today. Emmanuel Macron shamed into embarrassing U-turn after violence erupts on French streets. Express.co.uk says hundreds of thousands of French protesters took to the streets. This we know. They say protests against the plans took place across the country. They call on Mr. Macron to resign and threaten to boycott the health pass. 
France is known as one of the most vaccine skeptic countries in Western Europe. Rallies turned violent in some cities like Nantes, where police deployed tear gas to disperse the demonstrators. In Lyon, the police arrested nine demonstrators while in Lana and Vercourt, a vaccination center was ransacked. So, so we do know this, they say. The response, Emmanuel Macron has climbed down on part of the health pass rules as he backtracked on its use in shopping centers. On Sunday, Finance Minister Bruno Le Maire said the passes will now only be required to enter malls with a surface area of more than 20,000 square meters. So they're not ending the law. Theoretically, you will still be imprisoned if you go to a shopping mall. But it seems like they're backing off significantly. Now, this is why I was saying early on, I'm not entirely convinced the real issue was that they want to imprison people, but they wanted to scare people with the big stick, as The Guardian puts it. That's why they're easily backing away like, oh, geez, okay, you win. Pressure release. They don't want to overload things and cause people to revolt, but they've accomplished their goal, already securing 800,000 new vaccinations. I don't like coercion when it comes to medical issues. I genuinely, genuinely, uh, genuinely believe that decentralization is a faster and better and safer path, which means individuals need to figure out what's right for them. There was an exchange between uh, Steve Ducey, I think it was, and Jen Psaki, where he said, you, uh, how, how long has, has the White House been spying on Facebook users? Psaki got really mad and she was like, we are not spying. That's a characterization because they came out with a list of 12 people they say are the biggest spreaders of misinformation on vaccines. Ducey came back with one of the most important and prominent rebuttals needed to be said. Bravo, good sir. He said, there is currently a video of Dr. Fauci from last year telling people not to wear masks. Should Facebook remove this, this video as misinformation? Of course, Saki then comes and defends. And this was a brilliant exchange. Brilliant. He lined this up, hit it out of the park. Saki then comes back and says, as Fauci has stated, the science changes. To which Ducey responded, but Facebook was removing content last year that we now know to be, uh, that many news outlets are now reporting to be uh, possibly true. Aren't you concerned that banning this information, which may eventually turn out to be true, is problematic and will naturally scare people? Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Brilliant. One, two, three. Nailed it. 
if if Dr. Fauci can have a video on Facebook where he's giving you bad medical advice in, in, in uh, uh, contradicting current CDC guidelines, Facebook allowed that last year. It's still allowed right now, even though we know it's out of date information. Even Fauci has said as much. Yet they would ban some information right now, which may very well next year turn out to be true or false. Therein lies the big problem. A small group of people do not have all of the answers with a decentralized approach. You are more likely to have the cream of the crop, the best of the best rise to the top. I'm not saying absolute decentralization like anarchy, but maybe a more libertarian approach, meaning there should be some medical experts who go through data, but it should mostly be that people are allowed to share. And I, I, I think this, you know what? How about Facebook? You already put tags on certain information. You already say, hey, check out our latest information. I'm totally fine with that. If someone posts, here's a study and here's what I think, and YouTube or Facebook says, here's the current you know, uh, uh, CDC guidelines, I'm fine with that. Allow people to see all of the information. Allow them to know they can trust you not to silence people. Because that's the problem. As I mentioned in a previous segment, Mike Cernovich said that, you know, you had all of these, these protesters out last year and the, the, all these websites and news outlets and, and, and the establishment were saying it's fine. It's safe. It's not causing problems. In one instance, a study out of, I think it was University of Colorado said that the mass protests by the thousands and tens of thousands actually reduced the spread of COVID. And that eroded trust in people because Fauci has been wrong and can be wrong and they don't care. But people who are wrong and then later turn out to be right are banned. We can't have that. You are eroding trust. And then they expect us to come and just accept all of it. Well, here we go. What's coming to the U.S.? First, from Vice. I love this one. I've shown it before, but it, it, it bears repeating for the context. The GOP wants to save you from vaccine passports that mostly don't exist. This could get interesting if businesses start mandating proof of COVID vaccination on a massive scale that mostly don't exist. It's, it's just like, look, you know, it's funny. I worked at Vice News. Do you not understand that they're passing these laws so that people and companies don't implement them? We understand they mostly don't exist. And it's because of these laws that will presumably continue to be that way. But then we get this from Vice as well. We all have vaccine proof. Why aren't any bars or restaurants requiring it? Ah, then Vice themselves become adv uh, advocates for, uh, for, for vaccine passports. Vaccine passports are soft power mandatory vaccination. And it will discriminate against people who are medically unable to get that vaccine. Now, I, I know, I know. I know people are already saying I should have a choice whether, you know, I get the vaccine or not. Uh, uh, look, I'm saying that's the argument. You typically hear people say my body, my choice versus people saying be responsible and help the community or whatever. There's an easier argument here. Regular people who can't get it should not be discriminated against. And so what do you do then? Oh, we'll do uh, you have to have a negative test, right? France said they're ending, ending their free testing in September. So now you're going to charge people and inconvenience people who have done nothing wrong? I am not a fan of overreaching government because a small group of people who think they're smarter than you cannot run the system. And we learned this because of communism. Every time they try and implement this command economy, 
this command structure with a small group of party members in control, things don't work out all that well. Now, do they? Capitalism, free market, free enterprise is decentralized. Not perfect, not absolutely. And it does give rise to centralized powers and major corporations. It's not perfect, but it's a lot better. Now, I don't want to see people getting violent. I don't. I don't I, I've, look, I, you know, Gravel Institute praised the tactic of January 6th, but denounced the ideology. And I'm like, that's nuts, man. Who wants to live in a world where at any moment someone's going to be like, I'm not a fan of this government. I'm going to overthrow it. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of what people did on January 6th. I understand. I know. I say it every time. A lot of people were just bumbling around confused, but a lot of people did try and storm through, pulled these barricades down, fought with cops. It was bad stuff. No. The problem is what we're seeing is coercion and manipulation from the establishment left, the mainstream, including the neocons as well. And these, 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 these woke cultists, we, you know, you know what I want? I want a future where people present arguments and then someone sits back and says, you know what? That was a really good argument. I really don't. I haven't thought about that one. I'll have to come back to you on that. Jordan Peterson acts that way. That's what's fascinating. In, in one of his interviews with the, on Comedy Central, he's like, you know, I didn't think about that. That's a good point. That's a smart person who's willing to accept new information and consider it. That's what I want to happen. And that includes when people are like, hey, maybe we should, you know, have all these vaccines. But they're so desperate to just get everyone to do it. They would lie, cheat and steal to accomplish that. That is not the world I want to live in. If you have a problem with people, I believe that being honest with them, telling them the truth and trying to build their trust compassionately is the appropriate way, appropriate way we should be running things. You look at what they're doing now. It's coercive and manipulative. Nah, not a fan. There, the, if, if the idea is, and I'm, I forgot the guy's name, but I'm quoting someone smart from a long time ago. If the idea is that the regular, if human beings are not smart enough to simply manage their own lives or govern themselves, thus you need an elite band of learned men or people, shouldn't we then realize that those people are also having the same faults of the regular person? And why should we assume that any one of these people will be smarter? I certainly think there's something powerful to central planning in a limited respect, like having a government where they say, here's what we want to do, presenting it to the people, having people vote, having people make proposals, I think is valuable. I do believe authority can be a good thing. But authoritarianism, a government based on the fact that small group people can just do whatever they want, doesn't seem to work out all that well. So we need, I believe, a mostly decentralized libertarian system with some learned people, experts who are advocating for and through merit can help make decisions to guide the whole. Hey, it's kind of like what we had for some time and kind of have now, though the oligarchs are starting to take over and they're working with government and not all that fun. But I do think we can make a better system. That's why I'm all about the reforms, man. I'm not a fan of the violence, but I can tell you this. What we're seeing in France, we definitely see here if they try doing things similarly. But I suppose I don't have all the answers, so we'll just sit back and see. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Sometimes I wonder why they bother reporting the news at all when they're not going to be straightforward with what's actually happening. But I guess that's why many people come and watch videos like this, because we'll try and break down what the truth is through all the lies. You see, we have this story from Deadline. Vice President Kamala Harris at Walter Reed Hospital for routine medical appointment. 
Thank you for reporting this. I don't care. What am I going to Are we going to do a news story every time a politician goes to the doctor for a physical? Oh, wait a minute. No, they needed to report on this story because it's a little bit different than just a routine medical appointment. You see, deadline to their credit, they put routine in quotes. And the photo they used shows Kamala Harris meeting with Texas Democrats. You know why that's significant? Because a few of the Texas Democrats who fled the state to illegally block voter rights legislation have tested positive for COVID. Apparently, there's some uh, uh, journalists are tweeting that when they found out, when the White House found out that these Democrats tested positive for COVID, like Kamala Harris and her team started freaking out like, oh, no, now she's got to go to the hospital. Here's the thing. Whether or not she's testing positive or whatever, she came into contact with people who had who have COVID, right? Okay. So the appropriate thing for Kamala Harris to do is uh, quarantine for two weeks. Now she goes to the hospital. I don't know exactly if they if they're coming out and saying she has COVID or anything like that. I think the answer I think they're saying she doesn't, and they're trying to say that she wasn't actually in close proximity with these people, even though there's a photo of her in close proximity with these people. That's why I'm like I don't understand why they even bother reporting this stuff. Sometimes it doesn't matter. What's the incubation period for COVID? Two, uh, three, three days to two weeks? Okay, Kamala, quarantine for two weeks. I don't see why that's a big deal. The Democrats have long pushed for these policies. They're the ones who wanted the lockdowns. Why is it that they bother reporting these stories if they're going to come out and say no plans for Kamala Harris to quarantine after meeting with COVID positive polls from Texas? Are you, are you kidding me? We're in the midst of this Delta variant wave where the Democrats are the ones trying to, to, to push these new policies and these new, new rules. It is still blue states, cities that are the ones implementing these, these new restrictions. Okay, put your money where your mouth is. Now, I think we're going to start seeing something interesting with COVID. And we got to start with the vice president, but we're also hearing the Olympics. They're, they're, apparently, they're having COVID outbreaks. We got this story out of, out of Nevada. Look at this. Las Vegas cafe owner says he and his employees are shocked by renewed mask mandate. Now, of course, you may have heard Los Angeles has brought back the mask mandate. Las Vegas has brought back the the mask mandate. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and make that bet. I believe it is there is a strong likelihood. I'm not saying I know if it will for sure happen. I'm just saying probability wise that we bring lockdowns back, baby. Oh, I'm not kidding. I mean, you look at, I think in, in Victoria and Australia, they're doing lockdowns again. Canada is still in lockdown. How much you want to bet in the U.S., the blue state starts come, they start coming out and saying, you know, come on, man, you, we, we, we got the Delta variant. You got you to lock it down. And the red states are going to say no. And this is going to be a deep fissure in an already divided nation. We, 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 have, we have diverged, man. I mean, this country has split in two a long time ago. And it's crazy that I'm even at this point, at this point where I'm saying it. It's strange that we have movies coming out. I went and saw, you know, Black Widow and like there's still a part of, of, of our culture that seems to be normal. But then you look at how Joe Biden, when he talks to the nation, he's talking only to blue states. That is the biggest indicator of some crazy. I don't know what's going on. You look at how the Democrats can literally be like everyone's got to wear a mask, quarantine. And then Kamala Harris is like, I'm not gonna. She's not going to go uh, uh, quarantine or do any of that stuff. It feels like we are headed t- towards a big lockdown. And I don't know for sure. Again, you know, people don't, don't confuse this with a prediction. I'm just saying, based on the things I've just shown you, we've got LA mask mandates coming back, Las, Va- Las Vegas mask mandates coming back. We have 
Texas Democrats getting COVID. We have constant news about the Delta variant and even the Epsilon variant. And they're saying that cases are starting to rise and they're worried, blah, blah, blah. Here we go. If this escalation continues, it seems that we are on a track towards more lockdowns again, right? Now, it may be a small, I don't know. I'm just saying, look at what's happening. And it's possible, right? I feel like it is likely, but I don't know for sure. I'm not a psychic. I'm just saying these things tend to uh, provide evidence that may be the case. So here's the story, ladies and gentlemen, from Deadline. Actually, you know what? I got, I got something to show you. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com for the amazing new TimCast.com website. It's, uh, it's fantastic. We've got news articles. We've got the members-only section. Become a member, and you will get access to exclusive members-only segments from the TimCast IRL podcast. But we are planning a whole bunch more Members only content from a bunch of different shows. It's going to be really great. Our new, we're having a new show launching, but just look at this. We have, I think, like seven writers so far for the site. So we've got a ton of different news articles. You can go to the, look at this, the read section. Maybe it should say news, but there you go. So uh, check out timcast.com, become a member. Let's read the news. Oh, yeah, like this video, share, and subscribe, and all that stuff. They say the unusual Sunday medical appointment raised eyebrows in the media. But Simone Sanders, senior advisor and chief spokesperson for Harris, said Saturday that the vice president and her staff at a meeting with two infected people were not at risk of exposure to the virus. The White House assured that Harris and her staff were not at risk of exposure because they were not in close contact with those who tested positive and therefore do not need to be tested or quarantined, Sanders said. The vice president and her staff are fully vaccinated. Um, hold on a minute. I- I'm I'm sorry. It would, how you define close proximity? Because here she is in this room. You mean to tell me that when she came in, she didn't greet these people? You, she doesn't shake hands? I mean, that would be weird. I, 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 look, I've gone to events. Maybe she doesn't walk up and go individually shaking every hand. That, that would be, maybe be weird, I guess. But she, she's not in close proximity with these people. I just honestly think it's an excuse. They don't want, Kamala doesn't want to quarantine, so she's not going to quarantine. She should quarantine regardless. They're going to say Vice President Kamala Harris and her staff avoided COVID-19 exposure at a recent meeting with Texas lawmakers, two of whom have now tested positive, according to the White House office of the vice president spokesperson. On Tuesday, July 13th, Vice President Harris met with members of the Texas state legislature who are temporarily in Washington, D.C. earlier today. Earlier today, it was brought to our attention that two of the members at that meeting tested positive for COVID-19. Based on the time of these positive tests, it was determined the vice president and her staff present at the meeting were not at risk of exposure because they were not in close contact with those who tested positive, therefore do not need to be tested or quarantined. And then they brought her to the hospital. So that's why I'm just like, do they think people are stupid? Yeah, yeah, they do. And unfortunately, there are a lot of stupid people. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Is there bet that there are more stupid people than smart people? I mean, you don't even got to be that smart. You got to be of average intelligence to realize what's going on, right? They think she actually may have got sick. So they brought her to the hospital for a test. They don't want to admit it because then if they're bringing her to the hospital to get tested, she has to quarantine regardless. A test at this point is pointless. Okay. If she's positive or negative, she still needs to quarantine. So that's why they're like, no, no, she, no. Okay, please. They go on to say, Texas House's, uh, Texas House's Democratic Caucus Director, Philip Martin, announced on Saturday that three of the state's Democratic lawmakers had tested positive for COVID-19 while in the nation's capital. 
More than 50 Texas House Democrats arrived in D.C. on Monday in an attempt to block passage of a Republican-backed law which would impose new voting requirements in the Lone Star State. Uh, Wow, deadline. I absolutely respect that sentence. That right there. Because you heard me say earlier, I called it a voting rights bill because I'm pushing back on the framing devices they use. I do think the Texas law and many other laws do uh, protect the rights of voters, but I also think the Republicans are giving up and giving in and they're, they're giving Democrats half of what they want. But that sentence right there, that breaks it down. It is a Republican-backed law which would impose new voting requirements in Lone Star State. I respect it, but I must still correct it. It's not completely right. It's not new voting requirements. Uh, um, I, 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 perhaps some of them may be, so perhaps that's fair still. But they, they, they removed a ton of requirements and provided a way more leeway because of COVID. The Republicans are still only walking it back a little bit. But at least they're not saying, you know, voter restriction law like the Democrats are. At the moment, the legislators in question remain in D.C. Their names and conditions were not released. Each member of the delegation who tested positive for COVID-19 via a rapid test had previously been vaccinated against the virus. Wow. Really? The people, the Democrats who tested positive were vaccinated. So it seems like we're getting more and more of these stories where people who are vaccinated are still getting sick. I guess what people are saying is that the point of the vaccine is so that if you get it, you won't get sick from it. Like it'll, you'll be asymptomatic, I guess. I don't know. Talk to your doctor about it. Don't come to me for advice. I don't want to get sued. <laughs> YouTube will ban me too. They go on to say for the White House, a positive COVID-19 test on the part of Harris or one of our staffers could be, could, could have potentially spelled disaster. While President Biden received a second vaccination against COVID all the way back in January, a 78-year-old Pennsylvania native remains at high risk of severe illness should he contract the virus given his advanced age. That's right. And they go on to, they go, they go on to say in an update a day after assurances from the White House that Vice President Kamala Harris did not contract COVID-19 after exposure to two infected legislators. She's at Walter Reed National Military Medical Center for what's described as a routine visit. Ah, there it is. So I think, I think we get it. She's not going to quarantine She's not playing by the Democrats' rules, even though everything's locking down. And a discerning person could realize why routine was in quotes. They're worried. Check this out from Fox, Fox News. Joe Piero, owner of Market Grill Cafe in Las Vegas, told Fox and Friends Weekend that he and his employees are shocked by the city's renewed COVID-19 indoor mask mandate and what it could mean for business. I'm not sure what's happening, Piero said on Sunday. I thought the whole idea of getting vaccinated is it prevents us from having to wear a mask. All the signs out there tell me it's not heading in the right direction. I agree. Piero said the new order, which came on the heels of LA, of LA County's decision to reinforce indoor mask wearing, all came on so quickly. We're just shocked, he continued. All the struggles that we made to get where we are today, and knowing there's a possibility that we might have to revert back. Really, do we have to go back here once again? Small businesses across the country struggled or were even forced to shutter this past year amid strict COVID mandates. This we know. I think everybody knows. L.A. County explained on Friday that the city's renewed mask mandate would be enforced regardless of vaccination status. We are not we are not where we need to be for the millions at risk of infection here in L.A. And waiting to do something will be too late, given what we're seeing. L.A. County Health Director Dr. Montu Davis said in a virtual press briefing. However, L.A. County Sheriff Alex Villanueva said that due to a current lack of funding, his department would not be dedicating resources to enforce the resurrected mandate. The L.A. County Department of Public Health has authority to enforce the order, but the underfunded, defunded Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department will not expend our limited resources and instead ask for voluntary compliance. 
We, we encourage the DPH to work collaboratively with the Board of Supervisors and law enforcement to establish mandates that are both achievable and supported by science. And that's coming from LA County Sheriff Alex Villanueva. You know, I think lockdowns are coming. We got this story out of uh, uh, the Olympics. U.S. women's gymnastics team member tests positive for COVID while training four days before Tokyo Olympics, uh, uh, Tokyo, Tokyo Olympics opening ceremony. This means the infected athlete, uh, they say, is not Simone Biles or any of the other five athletes. However, they, it, it may result in many of them being forced to quarantine. But uh, uh, let, let, let's, let's get a little, a little anecdotal here for a second. Um, I went out to, we, we went out the other day. Right? I, I went to a diner. And uh, it took us like an hour to get our food. I mean, granted, we had a decently sized party. We were eight people, okay? So, but there was only one waitress at the diner. And bless their hearts, they were working very, very hard. And we gave them a good tip to, you know, thank them for what they were doing. This is a diner fairly, you know, decently far away, like, an, I don't know, like 40, 50 minutes away from where I live. There was a diner near where I live. And they put up a sign recently. I posted on Instagram where they said they're closing at 5 p.m. because they're understaffed. When we went to that diner, we went there at like four, half the diner is closed off, like no seating available because they're understaffed. No, there's no wait staff. Something, something is, I mean, we get it, guys. It's the great reset. And here's what I, I'll t- let me tell you what I think is happening with all of this. They, I think they're going to bring back the restrictions. I mean, they are. We're seeing in LA and Las Vegas. It's going to one, one step at a time. Um, it, it may, maybe not. I, I, I'm not a psychic, right? I think lockdowns will eventually come back to a certain degree, but it feels like you know, they're, they're still giving these people this, this unemployment. They've extended it. They've extended the moratorium on, on, on evictions. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. Some people just aren't working. Some people are. I think the people who are working, I mean, they're probably making less. No joke. These, the, the, these servers, I went to an, we went to an ice cream stand the other day too. There are people working there. No doubt they're making less money than they would if they were on unemployment. Because I think unemployment right now is like 16 bucks an hour. Something that, that's, the, that's the equivalent. In which case, these people who are working are getting less but these are people who probably have scruples. They probably feel like, I, I can't, I have to work. I, I, I can't exploit the system like that. But more and more people are, are, dropping, are dropping out. And so I started to think about this, you know, because we're sitting at this diner. It's taking a long time. And I'm like, it's basically a lockdown. You know what I mean? Like, they don't need to lock everything down if you can't get service. So maybe we won't see those harsh lockdowns. So again, I, I, maybe. But the idea that the lockdowns have been lifted is kind of a half truth. I was sitting there wondering why it was taking so long to get our food. I know we had a big party, but they had one server and like one line cook or whatever. And then I was just like, 
you know, we're talking, we're, we're all talking and I'm like, look, they've got two employees right now. Like literally just two people working this diner. It wasn't the biggest diner in the world, but they had a lot of people who wanted to eat. And I was like, you know, what's going to happen. We're not going to come out next time. We're going to be like, do you want to go to the diner? Oof. But it's going to take like an hour and a half. Like we're going to be waiting an hour to get, to get our food. And then we're going to have to eat. It's like, we're going to be there for a long time. You know, it's not that convenient anymore. So maybe not. Maybe we just go and buy our own stuff. It's two things. It's a, it's a soft lockdown in a sense. A lot of fast food restaurants, they don't, they don't have staff. I mean, I, I drive down the street. You probably see signs everywhere saying we're hiring bonuses, open interviews. And so we're like, it's not really fast food anymore. Why bother going to, their, going to the fast food place to get the burger when it's going to take forever? This will not stop everyone from going to get a burger. I'm sure many of you will still go out to the diner. And I got to say that diner I went to, it was fantastic. I got, I got this thing. It was, like a, it was like a cheeseburger hoagie. It's fantastic. But this pressure applied on society will result in people probably very gradually preferring to do something different. Stay home, cook at home, and act as though they're locked down regardless of the harsh lockdowns. They'll go outside, they'll go play, they'll play football, they'll go skating or whatever. And they're going to be going to restaurants less. They're going to be going, going to the movies less and less. Now we're seeing the mass mandates again, and that's going to be another bit of applied pressure. It's actually quite convenient for uh, the, the lockdown people that conservatives don't want to wear masks because the conservatives are going to be like, I'm not going to that restaurant. And they're like, okay, we're locking it down. If you don't show up, fantastic, right? Soft pressure, pushing people out. And so here's what I think is happening. You know, take a look at the supply chain globally, and there's a ton of stuff. But right now, there's a ton of stuff that still exists, and not a whole lot of people who are making stuff. I mean, relatively, there's not a whole lot of people, but there are, you know, like numerically lots of people still working. But a lot of stuff isn't getting made. Restaurants are understaffed, which means I wouldn't be surprised if these food shortages, which there are food shortages, there's chicken shortages. Did you see the, the, the there's commercials now. Who, who, what commercial was this? I can't remember what, 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 what it was, but they said it was um, because of the wing shortage. They're doing thighs now. I, I swear I was like, it was like, are you worried about the chicken wing shortage? And they're like, no, we're doing thighs. I can't remember um, which company it was. But yeah, I mean, food shortages are legit. There's chicken, there's beef. There's like, there's been a ton of other shortages. There's oil shortages. Did you know that? Yeah. Local news will tell you. National news, not so much. And so here's what I think is happening. They're giving out all this money, you know, this unemployment benefits, the child tax benefits. You can't be evicted. And that money means people can extract from the system, but it means they don't have to put back into the system. So it's kind of like it feels like they're saying, hey, can we drain the, you know, the keg, finish off the keg before we switch it out? So they're basically just filling up cups and passing them out really, really quickly just to drain the keg. Everyone's going to be buying from the system, pulling out resources, not putting things into it. Eventually, the system will run dry. I wonder what that'll look like. How are you, uh, how are you uh, uh, dealing with that idea? Maybe we won't, it won't get that bad. You know, they call it the Great Reset, and that's what it feels like. Now, I will say this, and I've said this several times before. There's, there's, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, it's not, it's not all bad. There's an open window. There's a closed door. It's an open window. I think a lot, it's the problem is the city people, as I often say, having some, have been someone who's lived in a city for a long time, wasteful, polluted, unnatural, concrete cubicles, spilled milk, waste everywhere, disregard for human life. And these cities are pretty bad. 
So I'll tell you who's being the most negatively impacted by this people in the cities. That's probably why they freak out so much over everything. Why do you think they're like, wear your mask, get the vaccine? Ah, and they're screaming because their lives suck in cities. And the people, the conservative people who are more likely to be in rural areas probably don't care all that much because like, eh, you know, look, even if you live in the suburbs, you got your own backyard, right? So you can just go in the backyard in on the south side of Chicago. Houses in, in, in the city proper have small backyards. It's funny, small, you know, but you do. You can go in the backyard, you can play uh, uh, ring toss or whatever, or, or throw darts, and you can be outside breathing that air. It's not particularly fresh air because, you, you know, it's like the airport's there and everything like that, but at least you can go outside. New York doesn't have that. I mean, some of the, the, the brownstones have little backyards for sure, but for only, only for the people who live on the first floor, who pay, you pay a little extra for it, the people who are above it might like in a lot of places you'll negotiate backyard use, but people are basically in New York City across the board crammed into these. They got no yards. Just put it, put it mildly. It's not it's not nice to be jammed up, crammed up, and unable to go outside for the most part. So these people are freaking out, and that's why they're demanding everybody. You know, this is what we talk about in the IRL podcast that Democrats demand national policy for local issues. So they're screaming about what should be done nationally. When I look out my window right now, I see forest, literally like. The other, the other office, office I was in, you see mountains. Now where I'm at, I see forest. Just no joke, like literally just forest. And deer walking around. I can walk outside and probably walk a mile before, actually, I could probably walk like two miles before encountering a human being or more. So are we all that worried about locking down or, or vaccines and all that stuff? People out here in the middle of nowhere, probably not. They're like, why? I'm not near anybody. And... You know, we've got our gardens. We grow our own food. We've got a ridiculous amount of, 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 of pumpkin right now. It's fantastic. We're going to make some pumpkin stuff. And uh, we're going to make, a, we got, this is one zucchini is like, no joke. It's massive. It was just left on too long. It's huge. And uh, so we're not freaking out about it. The Democrats are. They live in big cities. They're freaking out. So I'll tell you what, this is why I think we're, we're probably going to see some kind of, you know, lockdowns. Because Democrats demand national policy for local issues. So when someone in New York has to wear a mask, they start screaming, everyone should be wearing a mask. And they have no idea what it's like to live on a farm in the middle of Idaho. But they think you should wear a mask. Okay, look, if they're going to bring back the recommendations and the mandates, I think you should pay attention to your, your local rules and everything. But, you know, and, 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 and we'll, we'll do our best. But at this point, I think things are much too broken. Sorry, I, I, I think things are much too broken. You, you, you try to be a good person. You try to say we're going to pitch in. But let me just explain something to the YouTube censors and to the people, the Democrats. Mike Cernovich tweeted this out. When people were out in the streets by the thousand without masks on, they, they said it was fine. They said they weren't super spreader events. And you lost everyone at that moment. Now they don't believe you because you can't you can't say that a sporting event is and a protest isn't. There are large groups of people standing shoulder to shoulder. And you're like, nope, that one's fine. That one's not. And immediately they said, okay, you're lying. And therein lies the problem. Cernovich said he believed that vaccination rates nationwide would be over 80% if they never did that. And I completely agree. There's a lot of people now who completely distrust everything coming out of the establishment. I say, go to your doctor. I say, you know, uh, be active in local politics. Let me put it this way. I think you should be following local health guidelines 100%. I know I will. Out in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) There's nothing to follow. You walk into the forest. That's it. But in your local area, 
If you are concerned about the guidance, you should be involved in politics. So I'll tell you this. I'm not going to pretend all the answers. You don't have to do what I tell you. I am not your boss or an authority over you. It's giving you my thoughts and opinions, which may be wrong. But I will tell you, the one thing I think you should do, be active in local politics. If you're a Democrat and you think they're not doing enough to stop COVID, you should be active in politics. Now, I guess the reality is Democrats often are. If you're a Republican, conservative, rural, you know, whatever, anti-establishment, whatever, and you're concerned about the things that are being implemented in terms of COVID, you should be active in local politics. You should be having the meetings with the, with the board members. You should be running for these positions. And then you should be engaging people with what you think the people actually want to do. Ultimately, I just want to put it this way. Don't come to me to be absolved of responsibility. I don't think most of you do, but I'm just saying, I'm not here to tell you how to live your life. I'm not here to tell you what you have to do. I'm going to tell you what's going on and to my best inform you so that you can make decisions for yourself. So I'll tell you this, your health, your decisions, you talk to your doctors and the people you trust. There are good doctors out there, man. If you don't like the doctor you have and you think they're not smart, maybe you should find a better doctor. And it might not be easy, but let me, I just got to say this. There's so many people I hear, because you know, you know I mention this a lot where they're like, oh, you know, my doctor's not smart. Like, bro, if I hired a plumber and he came back and he, and, and he like couldn't fix my pipe, I wouldn't hire him again. I wouldn't just assume that because he's a plumber, he's good at what he does. The same is true for a doctor. If you go to a doctor and you don't, you, something doesn't seem right, it's called second opinions and it's called looking for other doctors. You know, I go on these websites and you can see people rate clinics about like, this one's really bad. This doctor sucks. Because like any profession, you can have good or bad people. So instead of assuming that doctors are just bad, just go find a good doctor. Try hard. Because I'm not a doctor. I can't tell you what, to, what you're supposed to do. I can tell you I think the government's botched everything. The Democrats are mostly to blame. And now Kamala Harris is like, oh, I'm not going to get quarantined. Okay, please. You've lost the trust of the people. And that's a huge problem. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. And I will see you all then. The resounding success of The Daily Wire has not gone unnoticed. NPR has put out a smear piece. Outrage as a business model. Ben Shapiro was using Facebook to build an empire. It's laughable. They're angry that Ben Shapiro and The Daily Wire are extremely successful. And for a long time now, we've seen these leftists post things on Twitter where they're like, the top 10 posts on Facebook are Ben Shapiro, The Daily Wire, Dan Bongino, Fox News. They do that to make you think that Ben Shapiro is getting more views than anyone else. But engagements are not traffic. They're not clicks. They're comments. So what is the, what is the point of, the, of these smear pieces? Why are they smearing Ben Shapiro? Well, the Daily Wire recently did one of the most important things I think any media outlet can do right now. They started getting into the entertainment space, effectively building culture, putting out, they put out that one movie. I don't, I don't know exactly what they're working on thus far but they're branching out into entertainment. And that means they're going to be able to influence culture if the movies are good. They're going to be able to inspire young people based on their conservative values. And of course, the, the media establishment, which is overwhelmingly leftist, is worried about it. I want to point out the obvious for you as we begin this. And I want to talk about why I think this story is important. There's a few reasons. First, Outrage is a business model. I'm sorry. Did NPR forget that the existence of Huffington Post or did they forget about the existence of Huffington Post or, or say Vox or my favorite media matters for America? Apparently they did. 
just woof, they just forgot these things existed. As if to imply that Ben Shapiro and the Daily Wire invented rage bait blogging. Now let's talk about what the Daily Wire is. Is it a news outlet? Yeah. Is it an opinion outlet? It is. Mostly, it is a news opinion and analysis from the perspective of conservatives. They don't, they don't do all that much original reporting. They aggregate and fact check and then frame things from the cons- conservative perspective. I think that's absolutely fine. That's what the website does. They say it's what they do, and I don't see a problem with that. Now, NPR says that they don't publish fake news. They don't. They don't. The Daily Wire just writes culture war issues and conservative issues. They say in like every article that they're conservative and they're allowed to do that. They're allowed to have conservative bias. If, if there is one thing I can show you right now to prove to you the game is rigged, these people are lying, and their main goal is to manipulate regular people into just falling in line, <clears throat> I just show you this. NewsGuard. You know I love using NewsGuard, and I'll tell you exactly why. If you go to Media Matters uh, for America, Media Matters has written conspiracy theories, fake news, and it is far from a credible outlet. It is an anti-conservative opinion website. Well, NewsGuard says 80 out of 100 credibility. They don't they say it doesn't hand the difference between news and, and, and opinion responsibly, nor does it nor does it disclose ownership and financing, but it gathers and, and presents information responsibly. No, it doesn't. I mean, look, that's my opinion for sure. I'm giving you the opinion. They, they, they once wrote, because I was reading a, a, a Star Tribune article, where the article said something about a story in which Ilhan Omar may have married a man, uh, uh, married a man who may have been her brother. And so I made a segment where it said Star Tribune says Ilhan Omar may have married her brother. They literally did. They didn't say she did marry her brother. They didn't say it was confirmed. They just said, There's questions about whether this man she married may have been her brother. They called me fake news for for and they my favorite thing is they show the image where I'm reading Star Tribune. I didn't make it up. In fact, I even said in my segment it was a may have been and we don't know for sure and there's no evidence. And here's what people are saying. They write fake news. Now, take a look at this. The Daily Wire from NewsGuard. Oh, no, they're not credible. 57 out of 100. They don't gather information responsibly. They don't correct their errors and they don't handle the difference between news and opinion responsibly, but they don't publish fake news. I want to show you this. And, and the reason why I'm doing a segment on this, because I'm sure a lot of you are just like, yeah, yeah, we get it. Ben Shapiro makes great content or you don't like Ben Shapiro or whatever. It's time for the culture war right to recognize why you must ignore these people for the most part. The, 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 the economy, the information economy, it is bifurcated. It's done. I'm done playing games. OK, you want to know why I I went on Ben Shapiro's show. I had Candace Owens here. I had Michael Knowles here. You want to know why I have these conversations? Because I have more in common as what was probably some kind of traditional liberal with conservatives than the modern left has with with me or with them. Right. So I'll put it this way. You got the left, the right, the center. And here I am slightly center right. And here are the conservatives center right from, you know, just right of center and, and a little bit further right. And the left is at the farthest end. They're ideological. They're authoritarian. They're too far away. I can't see them. So I look around and I say, who's, who's, who's here with me? Is there anybody that agrees with these values? And what do I see? Conservatives saying America is pretty cool. And I'm like, hey, I think that's a great idea. America is pretty cool. And they're like, the founding fathers got a bunch of stuff right. And I'm like, that is true. They did get a bunch of stuff right. And then I go, and you know, when the founding fathers did get things wrong and the conservatives are like, well, I, yes, but, and I'm like, no, 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 we agree. They're, they're, they're good. 
We can have those discussions, but we ultimately agree that the, the, the path set forward by the founding fathers was amazing, is beneficial to everybody, to the whole world. It's been wonderful. Now, I don't consider myself a, a, a I'm not a conservative. I wouldn't consider myself a revolutionary, but more than anything else, I suppose, reformist. There's a lot of changes we got to have, man. Federal Reserve, got to go. That's a bad thing. A lot of problems with these federal uh, law enforcement agencies, a lot of problems with our current tax code. But I consider myself to be somebody who loves America, believes in the, in the mission and the vision of this country, believes that we have gotten rid of so much awful, so much bad. You know, we, we, the founding fathers weren't all perfect. There's a lot of bad stuff happening back then, but we've overcome slavery and racism. We have, we have passed the Civil Rights Act. We have Loving v. Virginia. We just keep giving all these people civil rights, unlike many other countries that treat people based on race as second-class citizens. So I don't want to go back to that. Those, those reactionaries on the left who are trying to return us to the era of segregation, I ain't having none of that. I look over at conservatives. We mostly agree on all of this stuff, except for, I don't know, economic policy. If we went back in time 20 or 30 years, I'd be like, yes, 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 there's no point in bringing up that we love America, but your economic policy and, and your religious morals, and that's probably where we'd be. So I agree more with conservatives than I do with the modern iteration of the left, even though I'm actually left-leaning economically and culturally. The problem is they're too far left. I'm not the only one who's noticed this. You, you, you see what happens in New York. The, the, the former cop guy wins mayor. For some reason, the Democrats are doubling down on their insane and insidious cult behaviors. But here's the important thing you need to realize. You know, look, I, I see Steve Bannon. Boy, do the Trump supporters love this guy. He says, tax the rich, you're getting ripped off. And I'm like, I agree. Now, taxing the rich only works if we have sound government. And that's the problem. I don't think we do. So right now, I think taxing the rich has to come later on. Right now, we need to reform and fix our government, our, our, our tax code, our tax distribution. And then by all means, I'm in favor of taxing the rich. I'm not in favor of a flat tax. I disagree with conservatives on that. And it's fine. Hey, we love this country and we're going to have a political debate over it. And I'm not going to support anybody who's going to go around smashing windows or attacking people or any of that. In which case, I could potentially lose that debate. And I'm totally fine with that. That's how we move forward. That's real progress. That's not what we're getting with the modern iteration of the left. So you take a look at NPR's article, Smearing Ben Shapiro, and what do you get? Disingenuous trash. Because everybody knows that rage bait did not start with conservatives. Or at the very least, you can argue, you know, talk radio and Fox News, fine. But when we're talking about blogs, Huffington Post, Vox, BuzzFeed, Vice, Mike, the list goes on. It's all they do. Let me show you what NPR is saying. And then, and then you know, we'll, we'll talk a bit more about this. But my, my main point here is, I do want to show you the data behind the Daily Wire success because, you know, good for them. But I don't I don't care what these people say anymore. You know, the Southern Poverty Law Center called me a reactionary. That implies that they're on the side of the revolution is is is, is, is there, there you go. I quite literally said it. I'm not a revolutionary. I'm a reformer or a reformist or whatever. Oh, no, that means even though I probably agree with a bunch of things the left wants to implement because I don't want to burn everything to the ground. Now, all of a sudden, I'm a, I'm a reactionary. No, I actually want this country to change quite dramatically in a lot of ways, like Federal Reserve, got to go. More libertarian than anything else. But that's that, I, I just don't care what the Southern Poverty Law Center says. Now, of course, I'm aware that enough smears and lies and manipulations, and they will destroy you, your business. They'll destroy your social media presence, your websites. That's right. It is a culture war fighting over what the future of this country will look like. 
And the left is trying to just shut down any and all remnants of American history. Not every single person on the left, but the core of the left is literally doing this. That's why I don't care what they say. I don't pay attention. And I'm, and I'm surprised that so many conservatives are so worried about the, what the media is saying about them. Stop engaging with these people. I don't care about what the SPLC says. For the same reason, I don't really care all that much about what the Global Times says. Communist opinions are worthless to me. <laughs> but considering China isn't in, well, you know, maybe they are. But look, there is a reason to go over this. And I think it's for this reason to explain to you. Sure, they're going to smear Ben Shapiro and go after him. And then they'll try to cripple infrastructure for the Daily Wire. But that just means that if you're sitting in the battlefield that is controlled by the left, don't be surprised when they, get, when they ban you. Facebook, absolutely controlled by the left. The, 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 the Daily Wire thing, it's a pressure release valve. Let's read. NPR says, the conservative podcast host and author's personal Facebook page has more followers than the Washington Post. And he drives an engagement machine unparalleled by anything else on the world's biggest social networking site. An NPR analysis of social media found that over the past year, stories published by the site Shapiro founded, The Daily Wire, received more likes, shares, and comments on Facebook than on any other news pub- than any other news publisher by a wide margin. Even legacy news organizations that have broken major stories or produced groundbreaking investigative work don't come close. Take a look at this line chart. They say, the line chart shows the monthly average engagement, likes, shares, and comments per article of nine U.S. news sources on Facebook, five mainstream organizations, and four non-mainstream conservative ones. For more than a year, the non-mainstream outlets have posted more polarizing content and drawn more engagement. This is a lie, my friends. You can see the Daily Wire is the biggest. You can see there's, there's many others. The green ones are mainstream, Fox News, NBC. And then you can see the non-mainstream conservative. It's funny. I mean, is Fox News conservative? What does that mean? Sure, they're mainstream, though. The funny thing is, these are engagements, not views. It is very obvious what is happening. The people who are reading sites like the Daily Wire and the Blaze and the Western Journal, and what else do we have here? Breitbart. This is uh, La Resistance. These are the people outside the establishment who oppose the establishment, and they're talking with each other on these platforms. They are engaging with each other on Facebook over this news. Why? There's nowhere else to do it. The mainstream is pumping out trash. What I love is they say it's polarizing. Is it? I would have assumed five years of, of CNN screaming Russia and Rachel Maddow's lies over and over again. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll be careful for litigious reasons. Her misinformation that she's put out. Lie implies it was intentional. So it's misinformation and disinformation, whichever one. I don't know. Whatever. You get it. She's wrong. That stuff that's put out by them, that's not polarizing. Coming out saying that Donald Trump may be an asset of the Soviets that don't exist anymore. Yes, quite literally, MSNBC pushed that narrative. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S.? With more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S., they have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, 
They have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. That's okay and not polarizing? That I find incredible. They say Daily Wire articles uh, with uh, Daily Wire articles with headlines such as book review, proof that wokeness is projection by nervous racist white women who can't talk to minorities without elaborate codes, regularly garners tens of thousands of shares for the site. And Shapiro is turning that Facebook reach into a rapidly expanding cost-efficient media empire, one that experts worry may be furthering polarization in the US. Gee, I don't know, maybe like the Vice article that said trans women of color are being brutally killed by police and why this matters for, you know, Black Lives Matter or whatever. Maybe those articles were polarizing as well. So don't come out to me and act like you care all of a sudden. And that, my friends, should be the perfect bit of evidence. So you know, these are not serious people. They are a political faction by which under their umbrella, there are many sub factions and they don't like you, and they're not speaking to you. They don't want to speak to you. Neither does the president. Their worldview is constructed based on these manipulative, hyper-partisan websites. Oh, and I know you're saying right now, but Tim, you're reading an article about the Daily Wire, which is a hyper-partisan website. Oh, I know. Absolutely. Because it, it is a bifurcation in American culture. The culture war at one point was an argument over what was going to be in our culture. Now it's two completely separate ecosystems that are pointing the finger at each other, no longer talking to each other in any capacity. Now they were at some point, not anymore. Now, the, now NPR can literally ignore the fact they're writing about themselves because it doesn't matter. Tactics don't matter. And that's something, you know, I, I really thought about recently about tactics. When you look at what, what Antifa is trying to do, the left doesn't care because they're like, but Nazis are bad. So anything they do to anyone must be justified, right? Yeah, I disagree with that. I operate on principles, not tribalism. So if I see someone on the right or left do something bad, I'll be like, that was a bad thing. And therein lies a bit of a weakness. When tribalists will lie, cheat, and steal to protect their own, but use that same, those same manipulations to go after their enemies, that's a disadvantage for those who are principled. Quote, there's a demand amongst certain subsets of the public for outrage politics, said Jamie Settle, director of the Social Networks and Political Psychology Lab at the College of William and Marion, Virginia. This happens on both the left and the right. But the people who do this on the right have just found a lot more successful ways of doing it, which is a lie, an absolute lie. Why? Why is it that the mainstream media produces the same outrage trash and they make more money and they attract venture capital? And they get their guy elected and they block breaking news stories from, say, the New York Post. They are lying. Although Ben Shapiro is getting a lot of engagement on Facebook, he doesn't represent the entirety of anti-establishment politics in this country. Sorry, even though we can make fun of CNN and MSNBC's low ratings, when you combine ABC, NBC, CBS, MSNBC, CNBC, etc., their ratings are substantially higher and greater than any conservative or anti-establishment platform. That's the game. They say the Daily Wire didn't respond, but I love this. The site produces little original reporting, but instead mostly repackages journalism from traditional news organizations with a conservative slant. 
That alone wouldn't be newsworthy. The circle of life online means information is written and rewritten in a seemingly infinite loop. It is. It's hilarious. But the Daily Wire has turned anger into an art form and recycled content into a business model. In May, the Daily Wire generated more Facebook engagement on its articles than the New York Times, the Washington Post, NBC News, and CNN combined. You know what this shows? It shows the people who read those outlets, New York Times, WAPO, NBC News, and CNN, don't engage with it. They'll look at the article and they'll go, huh. They read the headline and they go, huh. And that's it. The engagement you see on, on, on Ben Shapiro's page might actually also be from leftists arguing against them. And I'm willing to bet a decent amount, maybe a third. If you look at these pages, you'll see many people saying Ben Shapiro's a nut. And they call that engagement as if it's still good for Ben Shapiro. The shares are good, but engagements as a whole are very different. All right. I don't know what Huffington Post has on the front page. Let's just see what's on the Huffington Post's front page. Uh, COVID Olympics, first U.S. team member positive. Oh, no. Fear mongering, they call it. What do they got? Top U.S. health officials, more warnings about COVID. GOP rep Ron Johnson skewered an ad for claiming peaceful, uh, claiming insurrectionists were peaceful. Rep Matt Gates wails about his free speech rights, then rips loser protesters. Huh. Really? Okay. Huffington Post is a bit much like the Daily Wire in that sense. Oh, but they're, but they're, they're, they're cert- certified good. Oh, their information is gathered responsibly. Thanks, NewsGuard, for your unbiased approach. Another GOP redline in infrastructure, making sure people pay their taxes. <laughs> Those Republicans, they're just so awful. Vox.com. Now, Vox isn't as rage baity, but it is very much left biased. It's extremely left biased. But, but I think the better example is like Media Matters, which is considered credible, but is literally just rage bait, substantially worse than The Daily Wire. The Daily Wire, of course, writes their news and writes about cultural, cultural issues and targets the, the left and frames things from a conservative perspective. And they're allowed to have those opinions. But Media Matters literally just writes nasty things about conservatives to make people angry, to raise money, probably to get conservative messaging removed from the internet. I think that's fairly obvious as do many other outlets. Over at NPR, conservative news websites drive more Facebook engagement. Non-mainstream conservative, you can see it's, it's more than double the mainstream news. This is not indicative of Ben Shapiro being more successful than CNN. It's indicative of the fact that people who are engaging with non-mainstream news are engaging with it. We have a problem in this country. A problem with people who just read headlines, don't read the news, And boy, is that hilarious. The latest story from The Guardian. New leaked documents seem to suggest that Putin has compromat on Trump. And then I look at the comments on Reddit and they're like, they're all screaming like this proves it. And then you read the article and The Guardian's like, the leak is highly unusual and unconfirmed. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) there we go. But these people don't engage. So you know what you find? You know what I find? There's probably a reason why someone like me, a disaffected liberal, from Chicago is probably more in agreement with conservatives because we understand what reality is. One of my favorite examples, Shinzo Abe of Japan and Trump standing above the koi fish pond. And then the camera zooms in on Trump and Trump dumps all of the the food into the pond. And all the leftists start screaming like our president's a moron. You're supposed to just lightly toss it in. What's he so stupid? Turns out the video was digitally manipulated. In fact, Shinzo Abe had thrown in the food first 
and Donald Trump followed suit. But the camera zoomed in so you couldn't see Shinzo Abe. The average Democrat voter and leftist has no idea that happened. So what is engagement? Well, it's someone posting on Ben Shapiro's article saying, that's not true. I saw the video. And someone responding with a clip of the video and then and, and them saying, look at this. Here's the real video. And then someone responding to that video with, wow, I didn't realize that. A conversation. Most of these leftist outlets, they've gotten rid, or I should say many of them, have gotten rid of their comments sections. Can't have the truth getting out as people write how you're lying to them. But here's what I see happening. And here's how this is important. The rise of the Daily Wire. This is, like I said, la resistance. It is people who are anti-establishment, who don't completely agree. A lot of libertarians fighting with conservatives right now, especially over like, you know, adult content, if you know what I mean. On the left, it's a cult. I love this post. There was one post and it was like, it's like the Trump style sign. And it says, you're in a cult. He lost. Get over it. And I'm like, I wonder who that's for. Like the fringe sect of QAnon people, because it ain't for the Daily Wire viewers and uh, listeners, watchers, readers, and it ain't for my audience or for you guys. There's a lot of people come in and say, you're wrong, Tim. They, they post Q stuff. But for the most part, I've never been about any of that. And I actually got to t- the Trump supporters are <laughs> just absolutely furious with me for saying that Trump lost because <laughs> Joe Biden's in the White House. I understand there's a lot more nuance to what's going on, but I'm not here to, to pander to anybody's feelings. So what is this? When they write, you're in a cult, certainly not talking to us. Oh, it's you. You don't read the articles. You don't engage with the stories. You just look at them and say, uh, and that's it. And you blindly believe the lies they pump out every single day and are only getting worse. And it's obvious to anybody who's paying attention. Yeah, when you actually read the articles and you're like, wait, the Guardian said the leak was really unusual and they couldn't confirm it. Well, then it must be fact, right? No, then you're like, oh, okay, so it's probably not true. That's right. But the people who only read the headlines believe it's confirmed now. They found the documents on Trump. Spare me. Y'all are in a cult and it's creepy. Authoritarian's gonna authoritarian. Well, best of luck to Ben Shapiro on the Daily Wire. Uh, congratulations on your success and the desperate attempts from the mainstream media to ignore their own problems and come after you. You're doing well. Let me just give it, let me, let me just break it down. In, in, in a couple simple ways to explain to you how, how, how uh, divided we are. When I say we're divided, I don't mean that we're like standing across from each other and, and looking at each other with, mean, with a mean look. I mean, the divide has become so wide, I can't even see the left anymore. Case in point, this. Why are they smearing Ben Shapiro in the Daily Wire? They're not talking about their faults. They're not talking about their crimes because what they do is allowed. Well, because they're doing it for their cause. Their cause is righteous. So when you hear about a war and one side says, God is on my side. And then on the other side of the war, they say, God is on my side. That's exactly it. If you had one culture and one community, they'd be talking about how God is on our side. So long as they write articles condemning the tactics that they use, but only when used by the right, you should know that they're viewing you as an enemy not a reader, not a friend, not an ally, as something to be ended and conquered. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then.